All right, well, welcome to a very special, special episode of Journey with Michael and Ryan. Uh, we are privileged to have our first guest on tonight. Oh, yes, we are. The wonderful Hannah. Hannah, welcome. Thank you, boys. Yeah, really happy to be here. How are you feeling? Um, oh, excited. Um, a little bit nervous, Beautiful. but really looking forward to it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Have you found the podcast so far? Oh, really cool. Love that how open you guys are, um, the depth of the topics that you're covering, your vulnerability, um, I think is, yeah, probably one of the key themes for me. Beautiful. Um, yeah, special, like you guys. Mm. Love it. It's cool. We love you. We love you. Yes, we do. 100%. <laughs> Thank you. So, so the podcast is called Journey because essentially what we want to do is one, talk about our own journey um, and two, just have people on to talk about their journey, talk mm-hmm. about where they're at, just life and, and what's alive for them in the moment right now mm-hmm. and just sort of pull that thread and, and see where the conversation goes. Yeah. Cool. I'm yeah. Up I'd, for li- that. I'd like to just start by pulling a thread by just um, – Naming how much of an awesome comedian you've become in such a short amount of time. <laughs> oh, yes. We've both been had the pleasure to come watch a couple of your shows, and you're exquisite. I love watching your uh, just your magic come alive so quick and so professional, and it's, it's really amazing. So uh, tell us about how you got into being a comedian. What's it doing for you? How's it helping you grow and, and everything in it? Yeah, thanks. Well, thank you, first and foremost. Thanks for coming and and watching me, but thank you also for those beautiful compliments. Um, Yeah, I guess comedy has always been something close to me. It's a key value of mine. I just think, you know, it's so close to tragedy, you know, the Shakespearean comedy tragedy masks. Um, Mm. And so it's it's good to sometimes take the piss out of life. For sure. (laughs) Um, If we don't laugh, we cry. This is it. (laughs) This is it. And uh, and so, yeah, it's uh, something I always kind of wanted to do. And I I left my um, 22-year relationship, Mm. um, which was obviously a big – I spent my whole adult life with this this beautiful human. Um, Mm. And and my mum passed away. And so I had this whole, like, um, yeah. Grief. Oh, grief, loss, um, transformation, change. Um, Yeah, complete disruption of, you know, terra firma, like where I stood. Yeah, for sure. Which was terrifying, but also really, really beautiful. I had lots of gifts, and comedy was one of them. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, So coming out and having a voice, having something to say. Um, My point of view is feminist. (laughs) Uh, The world needs... More of us. I it's think. it's quite funny that you like identify it that way because I, I went and listened to one of Hannah's shows uh, on Sunday night and she delivered it so well. Mm. But and in, in going into it, you were like feminists. I have these very strong feminine views, um, and it's beautiful because they actually weren't like strong, confronting, like in your face. Yeah. We need this, blah blah blah. This men are this, blah blah blah. It was more yeah, just no, no. like the feminine expression of self mm. and just talking about how empowering it was not yeah. trying to denigrate men or, or yeah you know. yeah yeah no totally and thank you because that's a conscious choice um and that's not what i how i i think it's a feminist act to get on the stage anyway oh, and yeah. stand and, and speak um because it's uh you know it's something that women typically you know have, have the, they're finding their voice yes. and that's yeah. really awesome but it's it's quite a masculine art form um so that in itself i think is a, is a feminist thing to do but also to have a point Beautiful. of view you know, not to um, 
put anyone else down, but to take the piss out of people. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. You know, is um, yeah. So, so certainly not. I've got two beautiful boys. I love men. I love men. It's and I, I don't want to, you know, put them down. But I felt like I had something to say. I had a point of view, a strong point of view. Someone had left a marriage, had, had lived a, a white suburban lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, but it mm-hmm. was, you know, it wasn't for me. I kind of found myself coming through that and going, wow. Fuck! I've got something to say. Beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. do do you think that what that's what defines feminism for you is you having a platform to express your voice? Yeah, I think you know. Yeah, um, equal opportunities, equity, like being able Beautiful. to do things that might have been typically more more masculine. Amazing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and and not not to say that you want to you know. Do everything masculine, but I mean, there's things that typically women wouldn't have done. It just not that long ago, not yeah, that yeah, long yeah. ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're talking, you know, thirty years ago. Yeah. That was pretty. Even twenty years ago, it's pretty. Well, yeah. thirty, pretty rare, pretty rare. Yeah, what's, what's it like being a woman in a comedy scene, just entering it? Actually, it's a very inclusive community. Beautiful. Um, I think, probably because, as I, was, I sort of said to you guys earlier, I think that um, <laughs> comedy attracts people with trauma. And people who want to talk about it, it's really therapeutic. Mm. So um, inherently, with that, you people are quite open and and accepting, mm. and it's a lovely scene. It's um, yeah, it's a really really lovely scene, very supportive scene. Um, yeah, and obviously great to go and watch a cool vibe. You know, everyone's yeah. expressing themselves. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's a. Um, it definitely feels like a very creative, chaotic mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, scene or industry because of the characters that it would that it, that it does bring in. I mean, mm-hmm. I love comedy. I love watching stand-up comedy, and uh, you just you just see the real authentic of themselves, mm. and that's what makes them even funnier. Um, and you yeah. know, just the the characters that it that it creates and draws in, I absolutely adore. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I think if you look at it, sort of. Um um, metaphorically, almost, it's it's a uh, it's an expression of it's it's an outward expression of self on the stage on your own, mm. with nothing but you to to to, to speak and to make people laugh, mm. Mm. Um, which is a pretty beautiful aspiration. Yeah, make oh. people laugh, stand and, and and show my vulnerability, and I think I think that's cool. But it's certainly chaotic. Unfortunately, it is in bars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you do get a certain energy from from that scene. Um, but uh, yeah, it's got it's it's certainly a, a cool. I do improv comedy as well, yeah. um, which is comedy but in a team yeah. sport, which yeah. is a and that's a really beautiful, beautiful practice of um, being present. So is comedy. So it's it's got it's got its it's got its it's got a, a spiritual um, if you like or a conscious yeah. or certainly a if it's certainly a therapeutic because um, you can't be anyone anywhere else but there, right? Mm. What did beautiful. it feel like when you froze up? on stage because <laughs> I really want to I really want to feel that with you because I'm not trying to bring it out for it to relive it but it was such a powerful experience right oh, was, you know yeah. and, and I think people yeah. can really learn from other people who've gone through such powerful experiences like that mm. and yeah so what did it feel like tell us the process of, of what happened um, within yourself and the process you used to to get through it as well I think it would be really really um, amazing to hear yeah well, yeah so I've, I've I've never taken notes on stage, um, and I uh, usually prepare really well for my gigs. Um, so both of those things are kind of critic. I think key to quite good learning um, 
uh, learning themes for, for, for what happened. So what Mike's talking about is I did a, a gig at the Classic and I'm, you know, I pride myself on being pretty flawless. Um, but like I say, I, have to, I, I don't take notes, so I'm a little bit arrogant, if you like. Everybody yeah. else does. And um, and I'm uh, arrogant in a more prideful, like, you Positive know, I don't need way. them. Yeah. Um, Integrated way. Mm. And I didn't prepare well for that gig. I hadn't slept well. I'd had, you know, a couple of big nights and just, you know, mm-hmm. hadn't, hadn't looked after myself, so I hadn't mentally prepared. And so, um, yeah, it was a it was a incredibly excruciating experience to stand in a in a comedy club with you know 60, 80 people and not and not and I just lost my way, lost yeah. my way. Um, so yeah, so that's that that was pretty tough. Yeah. Um, how did I get through? I I stayed in the pause. I stayed in the pause. I thought the worst thing I could do is walk off stage. Mm. Yep. And what I thought was really cool was the the audience was really they held they were there with me they held me and we it was an experience we went through together, and I knew there was a thread I had to pick it up and you once I got that thread I'd, I'd be alright so I just I sat I sat at it Beautiful. I stayed I stayed in, yeah, the, in the space in the uncomfortable feeling which you know it must is have not seemed a bad like experience. an eternity oh. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I still I can't. Someone's got a video of it. I, can't, I just I will, I'm not yeah. ready to, yeah. to watch it to, to, to look back. Yeah, yeah, but I was um, I was so proud of you. So you. proud of you. I was at the back of the. I was at the back hall, yeah. cheering you on, keeping yeah. you up there. Yeah. But what yeah. what I was so proud of with with Hannah um, was that she just stayed in it. She didn't drop to, or you didn't drop to any of your old material just to try and like keep mm. moving mm. uh you were mm. there you were working it out you were holding it you held it and you got your brain fired back on again mm. and it went through another little spot and then you went through another patch and then oh, and you held it again and you were just up there mm. you know you want to talk mm. about feminism resilience. and resilience, resilience. In its finest form it was it was just you on the stage up there and you know someone who's constantly in front of people speaking and doing auctions and all that sort of things it's happened to me before but never on that scale but so i can only empathize with yeah with so. how it was and you just bossed it it was a beautiful witness of your growth <laughs> and just holding that space thanks thank thank you i didn't certainly didn't feel that way and the next day was rough really really mm. rough and but it gave me an opportunity to unpack what was around that like really who gives a fuck at the end of the day it doesn't matter um i mean it doesn't you know in the scheme of things it doesn't matter but to me it did and i, mm. and I you know what was that about i think probably the most um the the most upsetting or frustrating thing was was, was that i didn't prepare Mm. In, in a way that I normally I lost respect for it mm. I thought that I'll, I'll you know so it's a bit of a kick on the ass for that for sure um, which is always a nice thing to learn right yeah. stay present stay yeah. humble stay yeah. um, open to, to still learn you know you, you don't you don't want to think you've mastered something you've got it and you've you know um, because you never do no. and respect it respect like what con- you're continually having that wipe out mentality yeah every time you go in there it's like your first time because you're always going to learn something new right absolutely all, it's like it's a, a, a sword that you're always going to have to continue to keep sharpening yeah and if, if you don't then you're just going to start getting and that's know, like with any, I think with anything digressing you know you can take that lesson into lots of things in your life like you have respect for what you do and because one day you might not have it anymore or you know um you know i've always managed to flawlessly deliver my mm. my comedy and, and 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 took that for granted so yeah. what what do you think was the reason why it became a little less respected or a little less for granted 
Given that so passionate of yours. Yeah, yeah. Probably because I just thought I was really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw, okay, you know, and that, and that the because I, goes, I, I am. Here's a humble brag. Here's a bit of humble brag. Go on, humble Laugh at this. I'm going to make you stand up there and have no words. Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly what happened in front of my family who are over from England. Like, you couldn't have got a, a go. There was uh, 20 people in the audience yeah. that I had personally invited. Oof. So it was a nice Do you think that added a little bit of pressure? Yeah. Pro- Do you think pro- it maybe because you had those people there, you maybe potentially didn't prepare for it? Yeah, I think I was just yeah, potentially. Um, I, I was in my ego. Yeah. I was totally in my ego, mm. which is um, an interesting place as we all know to be. For sure. Mm. And it was a nice little little reminder of that. Sometimes so. it, it it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. yeah you, know, exactly. you could have snatched it. Yeah. You know, oh, like, because yes. you were going in there yeah. extremely confident, but hey, yeah. look, you know, you took I, the gamble. It didn't. It didn't pay off. Yeah. Needed the slap, needed the lesson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so how did you recover from that after? So going back on to the stage, have you been back on the stage since? A- actually, one, a crucial thing that I think was influencing my state of mind was the next day was spreading my mum's ashes. Mm. Yeah. So I sure. think that had played yeah. out more. I just hadn't for thought sure. about it. I thought, oh, yeah, whatever, you yeah. know, like, uh, as you do. Like, oh, that's fine. I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't actually um, acknowledged how emotional that would be. Yeah. Mm. Um, because until until the next day, I was like, "Whoa, fuck! This is actually quite. This is heavy. This yeah. is actually a big thing." Is that something that you think you kind of like avoided right to the last minute to yeah. actually sit with and definitely because you yeah. can you can sense the build up, right? You said yeah. that you had you've cut a few big nights out or weekends out beforehand, yeah. you know, and it was right to the crunch. I think you know there's massive lesson in that, you know, and, yeah. and yeah. feeling into what needs to be felt, or we'll just avoid it and we will do external things to to yeah not feel it. Again, you know, another nice lesson, a, um, a, a, a really sharp reminder of how you can fool yourself, how you do self-deception. Because mm. I had I've asked myself that. I'm, you know, fairly conscious. I try my best, but, you know, I'm human too. But I, had, I definitely had a conversation with myself, numerous ones, about how I felt about it. And I hadn't, I hadn't, un, I hadn't yeah, read or understood actually how, how full on it was. Yeah, beautiful. Um, Be- beautiful lessons. Beautiful lessons. Yeah. Beautiful lessons. Yeah. And how how did you how did you uh, how did you sort of recover from that going back onto stage again? Was there any fear of it of it happening again or anything like that? You made sure you prepared. Like, what was the process like the next time you went up on stage? Yeah. Well, I went up quickly, so that happened on the Saturday. I went back on the Wednesday. Oh, nice. Because you know you've got to get back on the horse and all that. Um, and I did. I prepared. I looked after myself. I had notes in my pocket. You know, I did all the things that were. Um, yeah, respecting it and looking after myself, you know, showing sort of self-care for, for, for my art and what I was going out and doing, which I think is pretty badass anyway. Shit, yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tough. So I could not do stage. it. I, I, I couldn't do it. Mm. I, I don't even think I would put myself in this situation. Tell, tell us a joke, Ryan. <laughs> tell us a joke. <laughs> yeah. No, right. No. You've got to be funny. I'm not You're a not funny guy. A... I'm not a plain funny guy. And I, 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 like, I totally respect it because I know – even just like going to the gig the other night and and watching you and watching all the other people beforehand, just like just seeing how how brutal people can be when some, when people are even just there to entertain you. You yeah, know, they're literally but, yeah. there to entertain people. Like that was that was shit, mate. I'm not going to laugh at that. Yeah. But for me, I'm like I, I honor and respect the people that are up there, and even a joke that. Well, I suppose wasn't funny for me. It was still hilarious because yeah. of the context of everything that's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's um. It's a fair, it's, it's like any art thing or hobby or it has its uh, tropes and 
kind of characteristics and 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 flat jokes as part of comedy. Mm. Yeah. It just is, you know, and you get used to it, which is resilience and you know, a nice little. Um, yeah, because it, it, you get over it. Like all the comedians that I talked to afterwards, I was like, I've, you know, I had a bad gig. Um, they said, no, a bad gig's getting no laughs. Mm. That's shit. That's shit. You just, you know, don't worry about it. Like it's part of life. Like it's not going to, you know, and forget it and move on. You know, mm. you've got to just get back at it and, and you get more resilient. Like every, you know, um, people, you do have, you have jokes that don't land and you and you get over it. So it's, an, it's it, I guess it desensitizes you and, you know, that external validation. Yeah. That we all see, which has been actually been a, a lesson for me recently, a really, really strong one of how much I seek, uh, you know, validation and acceptance and love externally. Yeah, yeah. where were you learning that lesson from? Oh, <laughs> men. <laughs> They're always a good, a good, a good teacher. teacher. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Amongst other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no. So yeah, so it's through men um, mainly, but other things too. Um, yeah. Yeah, I guess when you, you know, so being two decades in a relationship from 18 to 40. Mm. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that being such a defining part of who I was and, you know, and then you start exploring relationships. And Jesus, I there was no, there wasn't fucking Facebook when I was dating, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know no. Maybe you'd text message each other. <laughs> yeah. so, but that was about it. And, Surely um, phones. They wouldn't have been having text messages. I suppose 20 years ago. Maybe yeah, just, maybe yeah, just yeah, mobile phones no, were coming I around. Mean, you know, for the advanced people, right? <laughs> <laughs> ahead of my Ponsonby time, always. Housewives are still around back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's get on the landline. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. So, um, so no Tinder, no. Um, and no, um, it was something I've really noticed in this dating age is the disposability of people. Really? The yeah. ghosting bullshit and the, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, that's been an interesting journey. Because um, there seems to be, it seems so convenient now, so easy to meet people, that 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 you've got to, you know, you've got to be prepared that, that things are fast moving. You have situationships, you have, you know, which I'm cool with as well. But it's definitely a, um, so you get into that game. It's all it's like a validation thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just seeing that right, and then that's mm. a part of yourself that is doing that. Mm. And then honouring whether you want to continue to do that or or, or not, you yeah. know, if you mm. want to make the choice to stay, and I think that's that's kind of the first part of of, of just kind of awakening yourself to things, yeah. right? Mm. I've, just, I've I've been reasonably lucky that I've never really had to even download one of those apps before. Oh, so. I haven't met anyone on that. Can I just say? <laughs> can I just say? Good. Like, seven sort of hookups, and five of them have apps, <laughs> and zero of them are it's like six packs, like not, not baby, like. <laughs> Expect. So full. full. Thank you. Um, the awakening of uh, Hannah's sexual yeah. awakening. I love Probably. it. Yeah. So cool. good. <laughs> and zero on apps. So that's like, you know, I don't think I'm doing too bad. Well done. Well done. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely been the, the whole yeah, external validation and, 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 um, and how that plays out. You know, you can be aware of it, but you still, um, it doesn't mean that you're not, you know, awareness isn't always... You don't get the lesson for a while. Your intellectual mind doesn't go, fuck that shit. You know, who mm. like, um, who cares? Well, you, can be, you can be aware of everything and take action on nothing and nothing will change. That's true. I do think awareness is the first step, though. Yeah. I think you can't change anything if you're not aware of it. So you have to, the awareness is always good because it's a movement. Well, you right don't direction. know where to take your action step. 
you don't know what mm. path because you don't know what port you're sailing to. Yeah. So you don't know what wind to catch to where you go. So, yeah, the awareness is, is the first key. Mm. Uh, but then it's it's what you do with that, with awareness. that awareness. Yeah. You know, it's like going through plant medicine journeys or, or whatever. You can get the downloads mm. and then go and do absolutely fuck all with them. Mm. And mm. then what was the point? You, you know, mm. it wasn't. It's just the action and the choice and what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, so, and, well, yeah so, sometimes I find there's a lag between the intellect intellectual sort of awareness and the the uh the feeling Mm. you know you can be conscious in your mind aware of something but actually doing it and acting on it and feeling it in in your heart and you know that's for me where it needs to land Mm. yeah so when i feel that and you know that aligns where i'm like i know something and i'm also able to practice it because i feel it too yeah I think that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And, and that's just because for most people, we are taught how to intellectualize everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're never really taught how to feel into an emotion or how to use feelings as, as a guide, yeah. you know, to, to help us direct where the wind goes. You yeah. know, feelings can be like the sail. It can be the thing that moves around as the wind goes. Um, and if we're just trying to think about or intellectualize things all the time, then we can actually miss what the body, well, that the innate intelligence that the body is, is trying to serve us. Oh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so embodying, I guess your, you know, your beliefs, not just thinking them mm. is super important. Um, and, and that cognitive dissonance of noticing, well, yeah, I feel this way about something, but I'm acting in that way. That's not a good place to be in. So, yeah. um, yeah, external validation has been a theme in, in that sort of going. Okay, beautiful. well, what's that about? But a beautiful gift, right? An opportunity to unpack Great. some shit, and yeah. you know, where right. does that come from? Of course, you lift the rug, and then you understand there's well, something else, yeah, and then there's yeah. something else, and there's something else. And you're like, oh fuck, I'm back at my childhood. Whoa, <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> God, that's pretty wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, or our parents fucked us up. You know. Well, yeah. that's it. Well, it comes down to that's that's the yeah. the universal joke. You know, you talk to any no matter no matter what they do or or who they try to be, they're going to fuck us up in some way, right? Because oh, they'll only ever give us the love that they can give us, not the love that we need. Yeah, and the love that they are capable, you know, capable that they're able to give yeah, from, first and foremost themselves from their level, right? Yeah. There's a great quote that says, "Trauma is not your fault, but healing is your responsibility." Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. such a such a powerful words. It's it uh, was a, a very deep um, download when I I, I I stumbled upon this quote, you know, four or five years ago, just kind of on the start of my inward journey. It stuck with me ever since, and it's mm-hmm. such a a powerful reminder. It's like the trauma is not your fault. Mm-hmm. You went through it, got given to you, but holding on to it, well, that's your choice. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why we are all here, just speaking so openly about anything and everything in the hopes that, hey, there might be someone that just hears something and they can go, oh, okay, well, there's a bit of a path I can go and try mm. and, and see if I can do something. You know? Yeah. Do some healing. That's, yeah, I think that um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I think along the same vein, this quote, it's one of my favorite, as well as Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning, beautiful book, mm. yep. beautiful book survived the Holocaust, you know, was at Auschwitz, like suffered some of the worst traumas ever, you know, and still, and and sort of said, you know, uh, in between stimulus and response is a pause and, Mm -hmm. um, and that's your power. Mm. So it's, it's a, you know, echoing some of what you were saying about, you know, the trauma being the stimulus, your response is still, how you, if you choose to heal, is your choice, and that's where your power lies. And yeah, um, 
you know, not staying in that victim role or... Mm. Um, so he tells this beautiful story of, you know, how, I mean, humans, when they're under extreme stress and, you know, starvation, watching their loved ones, all that stuff, and they, they resort to some, some bad shit, you know, stealing off each other, lying, you know, um, cheating, just, just real kind of debased, inhumane behaviours. And he never did. And, and the thing that kept him there was... Um, was his choice? It was was making make, you know making, making a choice. Yeah. yeah, when you've got nothing else, person. you still have your own choices and yeah. your own integrity. Yeah, people can't take that away from you, yeah. but you Absolutely. can allow it to be taken away from you. Can't you know, treat to yeah. I mean, to be treated like an animal and then just allow yourself to turn into it like that—that yeah. that, I suppose is your choice. Yeah, unless you'd have less healing to do, right? Because you wouldn't have you wouldn't have done horrible things. Mm-hmm. You know, you still they can't take that power away from you. You're, no. Um. Yeah. So. Beautiful book. Yeah, great. But I see all your books down here. I've read most of them. She's read most yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. 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 Books are amazing. I'm a massive reader. I love yeah. books. Just what? Um, what? What are some of your favourite books? Well, it, it, my yeah, I've got I've got a few. That's actually a big question to ask. I, I dare I say it? I'm into the classics. I like um, yeah. Wuthering Heights is one of my favourite. Mm-hmm. Bronte, beautiful book. Really beautiful book. Um, like Great Expectations, Charles Dickens. But the spiritual books, I've yeah, I um, the Tao Te Ching. I'm, I've, oh, I, love it. I mean, yeah, it's not really something you read overnight. It's a it's a heavy book. Yeah. Um, but beautiful book. The Alchemist, which you've got down there, is one of my favourites. Um, the Prophet. Hmm. That's a really beautiful mm-hmm. book. Um, yeah. Gosh, I've, I've yeah, I could go on and on about books. So just yeah. it's why you're such the writer, right? The creator. Because yeah. you you do read a lot. It was the first thing I, I when I first met you, I uh, noticed about you was just your books and your reading. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Actually, I read recently that often that hyper vigilance around language, which I have. Um, so you know, be careful with spelling mistakes and text messages to me. Don't talk to Ryan about <laughs> that. Yeah, there's certain people that I. Um, <laughs> That I can, uh, I've, I've got better, but I, I have, yeah, a bit of a hypervigilance around language. And they've, they've actually, um, there's some research supporting that that's a trauma response. Interesting. Yeah, yeah from your childhood. Um, Continual. That damn childhood. Yeah. It's coming back. It, it's Thanks, like, you know that Scooby Doo meme? It's like, <laughs> yeah. I know who's under here, and I yeah, pull yeah, up yeah, my yeah. childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what the problem is. My childhood. <laughs> Pesky childhood. There yeah. you go again. Um, yeah. So no, no, absolutely. Mm. Um, yeah. So hypervigilance around language, like that, and I think that might be connected to wanting to, to have a voice, to wanting to be really super selective with the words that you use and yeah, things. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, which I thought was an interesting correlation. Mm. Mm. I guess when it comes down to control again, mm. if you are having your power taken away through abuse or yeah, uh, different yeah. things, yeah. You are still, you know, depending on how young you are. Yes. You are then making a choice to go. Well, they can't control yes. what I speak when I'm not in their presence. So yep. let's go and articulate everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's spot on. I think yeah. that's probably, um, yeah, probably exactly where it's at. So, yeah, I'm trying to, you know, loosen up on the grammar. <laughs> <laughs> ask, ask for a birth. Ask, yeah. for some, ask for a birthday card from Ryan. <laughs> 
<laughs> just keep texting me. Honestly, maybe read my content. I don't yeah. know. Just yeah. any anything that I write. I'm, I'm sure you probably read some of the emails I may have sent out for the beta newsletter and things no, like that. No, that's perfect. No, I've, like I said, I've, I've switched. <laughs> no, that's things. a no. She didn't read the. Yeah, 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 exactly. Actually, no, don't date me because I'm a bitch in that way. You know? Why? Like, I'm gonna whisper sweet nothings. You better fucking make damn sure you've got good grammar and stuff. Okay. Uh, there you go, Jim. Don't dirty talk me was bad fucking grammar. <laughs> Have a wide vocab. If you'd like to go out on a date with Hannah, you need to be impeccable <laughs> with your vocabulary. Do. Yeah, yeah, watch out. Have you ever broken up with anyone because they've got vo- bad vocabulary? Oh, look, it's definitely got, It's definitely been the difference between meeting them for a date or not. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, pet hate. Yeah. You couldn't pick up um, anyone on, a, on, a, on an app. No, I don't. Because the, the grammar would be horrific. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it went. Imagine if you got a match and then they just went sup. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Instant delete. You know? What absolutely. if he's the hottest man in the world, though, Hannah? It's just, I mean, you you, you got a spell. Like, I'm just sorry. Like, yeah. It's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Intelligence is, is, is a um, yeah, key uh, attraction of mine, I think. Beautiful. Mm. And not just, I must say, it's not just spelling. It's, you know, you get good spellers out there who are dicks. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking hard ask, right? It's, it's a hard ask. Yeah. They've got to tick all the boxes. Absolutely, yeah. Probably my, being emotionally available is probably my most important one now because I've got a track record of completely emotionally unavailable guys. Well, what, is that, what does that mean? Because that, 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 that could be quite a good little thread to pull right now because mm. it, 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 there's such subjective... Um, what would you say? Subjective objectives of what does emotionally unavailable mean? Mm. What does emotionally mm. available mean? Like, what does it mean mm. to you? Um, uh, probably someone who's got the uh, who's who's able to come from a place of uh, uh, a connection to their emotions, able to talk about them, and being available in the sense that they're able to be available in an emotional relationship with you. Um, physical availability is very different, as yeah. in my opinion. Um, and, and in fact, people can be really physically available and completely emotionally unavailable. Um, so they're not willing to show up and uh, emotionally or vulnerably, um, and and be, and hold space for where you know you might be at on a boundaries. Talk about their boundaries. Um, yeah, have a have a, a commitment to being uh, emotionally um, mature mm. and respectful mm. and. Um, yeah, that's that's. I have a track record of attracting men that aren't um, that. Yeah, either might be present, but they're not. Yeah, physically present, but not emotionally. Emotionally present, yeah, present. yeah definitely. Yeah, it's a safety thing, right? It's trust. Yeah. It's well, I think I don't feel safe in emotional and emotionally available um, scenarios. So mm-hmm. that's you know, and well, more that, learning that, again. Yeah, more learning, <laughs> and that's a good thing for you to understand, right? It's yeah. like you you know what you desire but the thing in which you desire doesn't actually feel safe for you because it's not known right yeah and you attract i think you attract um what you oh you know this you might consciously think something but if your subconscious beliefs sitting underneath that conflict with that you you'll attract what's really there Mm. which is a i actually don't want to show up either because i'm probably not worthy Mm. there we go yeah um so, hey, I'll attract guys who are never going to be able to go there with me either. Mm. Is that something that you want? You want to go down that divine union route? Um, yes, I think so, yeah. yeah. I, I would probably have to do a bit of work on, because, you know, again, the gifts of this these recent situations are that it, it teaches me 
a lot about myself and that I'm actually not good at doing it either. I'm mm. emotionally unavailable too. Yeah. Jesus, there oh, I said it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah emotional, emotionally unavailable bitch right here. <laughs> yeah, but I, I wouldn't say fully, right? And then that, and that, yeah. that can be quite easy to be hard on yourself in those situations because sometimes we don't see it all. Like we, 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 you can't see the full picture when you're inside the frame. Yeah. Oh, yes, totally. Actually, that's a Jahari Window. Type. Have you heard of Jahari Window? No, I've heard, I've heard that saying, but I don't know. Who so it's like from. a matrix on the one hand, how you know yourself. Yeah. And on the other, how others know you. Mm-hmm. And so you've got the self that you know and others know, the self that only others know. Us, yeah, others, only others know and you don't know, the self that you know and others don't know. And then the really interesting part is the self that neither you nor others know. It's mm. a sort of hidden part of the self, mm. which is an interesting concept. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And that, that's just an opportunity to explore that, right? Yeah. Like we're all learning to yep. explore the parts of ourselves we haven't yet discovered. Yeah. You know, because of the conditioning, because of the things that have happened to us, because of the perception we have of others and the perception in which we perceive they have on us, right? Yeah, and that totally. is the deconditioning of the mind. That's that's where you're actually starting to feel into your felt self, starting to trust your own intuition, starting to trust your own innate intelligence in knowing who you are, you yep. know, starting to allow yourself to feel safe enough to truly mm. drop into who you are. Yeah, not getting attached to the stories either because mm. they are often... Well, it's not know. even attached. It's it's losing the identity of the stories. Yeah. Mm. It's even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's far deeper than attachment. The stories, when we take people through personal law, actually we did personal law on a few podcasts back, and the story, I mean, some of the, the shit that comes out when we do it with, with clients, mm-hmm. I asked them, I say, do you, would, the, would you even say any of this to someone you fucking hated? And mm-hmm. they would just look at it and go, no. Yeah. So yeah. why why are you now knowing this going to continue to hold on to these things that are literally playing loops in your mind mm. of these programs and stories that have been given to you? Mm. And people weep when they see these things. And mm. it's it's just about, you know, making that awareness shift it through and then seeing what you want to speak to yourself about. Mm. Yeah, you get you you Get curious about it, don't you? You ask yourself those questions. So back to this sort of external validation thing and the dating thing and the, you know, you see yourself doing these behaviours and go, well, you know, what's going on? Um, and, and uh, you know, getting curious, not furious. Hold, not, don't get angry at yourself. Ask yourself what's what's going on, what's, what, what's happening here? And you keep sort of asking those questions and you get deeper and deeper and deeper and see that it's a core wound of, mm-hmm. you know, these really deep core wounds. And, and underneath them are things like, and they, you know, they tend to be quite similar in theme between people, is I'm, a, I'm not worthy, I'm not lovable, yep. you know, f- really, fundamentally. It's like along those lines, very similar sort of um, expressions of that same feeling, mm. which is, uh, yeah, deep, deeply sad. Um, and but, but you can be completely unaware that that's what's driving it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it's about changing that story, right? Yeah, and and not then creating a story around oh, I have this story. Yeah, you, know, you the the journey is 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 yes, creating awareness, but then it's the action that Mike talks about yeah. because what you actually have to start doing is showing up in a way that proves that story wrong over and over and over and over and yes. over and over yes. again yeah. until that script's no longer written, yeah. until you no longer believe it, until it's no longer a neural pathway in your mind that yeah. that links every time certain situations happen because you've reconditioned your your way of being so many. Times, yeah, 
conditioning yeah. your nervous system to, yeah. to, to, to totally shift. To no longer yeah. react yeah. instantly. And using the depth of rebirthing, plant medicines, to, to know that that's just that moment in time for you to scoop and get to root causes. And once you put your light and do some scooping, and then now you're then moving and, and, and catching what you're saying and thinking and try and, and mm. over and over and over, like Ryan was just saying, to change that script. Yeah. And it all works and all. And until like you do that, you can, you can stop the behavior. So I've been, you know, I had a number of self-destructive behaviors in my life. Uh, alcoholism, drug addiction, sex work when I was younger, um, eating disorders, self-harming. Yeah. A suicide yeah. attempt. Like yeah. I'm a fucking <laughs> nice mixed bag of traumas and, and self-harming behaviour. Um, but, uh, yeah, and you look at that and go, oh, yeah. so I stop one behaviour and go, yeah, I'm over that. Yeah. And then another one pops up and I'm like, oh, shit, what's going on here? It's been similar with the, the men in my life as being, mm. you know, just having no boundaries. Mm. Yep. Um, allowing things that I just wouldn't, yeah, I just wouldn't normally uh, – Oh, well, I wouldn't have thought that I would have allowed, but here I am doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't have mm. learned boundaries getting to sex work so young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that age. Well, you if you have any, you have to get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, of course you do, because so you actually have to actively deconstruct what are very, really, really safe boundaries around your body. Well, mm. your survival is mm. is hand in hand with mm. the payment of the, of the sex of act. The act. Mm. And so, you know, when you would forced to go into it 16 17 years old mm-hmm. it that's such a young age for you to just have to create that mechanism of mm-hmm. <laughs> one you wouldn't even story. understand what you, boundaries are yeah and then oh. you're you're having them what your body innately knows as a boundary just completely shattered away T- totally and mm-hmm. then that thing comes disassociation yeah so then you're actually out of your body yeah, yeah. Um, and that's why you move into logic, into language, into communication. Yeah. It's all in your mind because it's so unsafe in your body. Yeah, totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And Do once you've enough. done that, it's very hard to come back, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, that's a journey in itself too, is that feeling. Yeah. It's yeah. been a beautiful journey to witness you mm-hmm. over the last, would have been probably it's over two years now, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Two and a half years yeah. since we did our first breathwork yeah. together. Um, to, to continually shift through that. Yeah. It really has... You know, for some of us, it's just a, a lot thicker and a lot deeper swamp to go through. You know, yeah. and that's that's whatever we've chosen. And you're just mm. you're you're doing it so well. And even just oh. to sit there and name the things, name the mm. sex work, name the self harm, mm. name the suicide mm. attempt, mm. Uh, name the drug use, name the sh- the shitty men, toxic men, yeah, without even blinking an eye. That's powerful. That's fucking powerful because we we can overlook these things mm. that they because they become simply not a part of us anymore. But there's going to be a lot of people that will be listening to this. A lot of women who will be very fucking empowered by that. Oh, that's really really awesome. So actually, thanks. And that again is a conscious thing about talking about my experiences being really open. Um, a big part of that is because Brene Brown said it actually that shame needs if you put shame in a in a petri dish. It would need certain conditions to survive, and secrecy is one of them. Mm. And so, when you don't, you know, when you keep things to yourself, um, and you you don't share them, you don't talk about them, you don't own them. You you're encouraging shame. Mm. Um, and I'm you're not saying everybody. Shame. Yeah, you're, mm. you're creating shame. Now you don't. I'm not saying everybody needs to express that. It, some people still, you know, have a different way of talking about. I'm I'm really open, um, but uh, not owning it and expressing it. Um, 
is I, th- I think you know so I'm so I'm, I'm actively doing that and yeah. I'm actually wanting to write a series of short stories. You are writing. A you series are writing. Of short you wrote us. I am. I am. To you, fucking yeah. You <laughs> sent us the first. Yeah, ma. Don't be so yeah. modest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. Um, yeah, and that uh, I think, and that actually, in, 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 purposely in a um, in a series of short stories or yeah. vignettes, um, which are a style of short story that they're st- still part of a, a broader family of stories. So that's short stories. Um, technically mean that they're just standalone stories but vignettes actually all they're, they're short stories but they actually tell a bigger story put together mm. um, and I chose I've, I've chosen that form intentionally because of the fragmentation of memory when mm. you're so you think you 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 know when we think about our past and things that have happened to us and in particular traumatic ones they're actually often in, well they they are because of how your brain processes them are stored in fragments yep Tell memory works. Yeah, and try, so trying to put it back together. It creates. It you can't just creates really put a, a whole story back together, yeah. but you can piece certain pieces together. Yeah. Well, that's why five people can look at the same car crash and all have five different stories. Yeah. Well, afterwards, that. Yeah, afterwards, they on reflection, of course, because memory is is remembering. And every time you remember a memory, it becomes different. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So that you know, and and again with trauma, it, it's, it's actually because you're not using your normal memory um the parts of your brain for memory when you're in deep trauma you're in really in your reptilian sort of brain so you're remembering things in a very disorganized way mm-hmm. and um and yeah so i think it's an interesting concept when we look back at our you know past and trauma and things like what that are you, what are you writing about actually all my um sexual experiences um which i have, have the, the good and the bad um, and often they're both at once because I think I think pleasure can be so closely aligned with perversion, some ways with sex, or um, uh, you know what's one person's pleasure is another another's perversion. Definitely. And and what I found interesting is having a um, a, a childhood sort of some sexual abuse things, and being um, you know sort of uh, very protective of my body. I've actually found a enjoyment with restraint. Mm. Yeah, which some would think, you know, but it's actually kind of a. So I find that fascinating, that whole concept around what turns people on. Yes. Um, well, we went to a Shibari reptile class together. We did. <laughs> yeah. Very hot. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was great. I loved going there, and uh, it was something that I wanted to. I mean, I've been trying to learn off YouTube by myself, and yeah. it's just, I just needed the. The amount of times I walked into Mike's room and he has the chair tied up is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could be hard to explain to someone who wasn't. Yeah. I'm I'm like tying up my own leg or something. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was really fun to uh, to get that lesson. You did really well. Like you took to it. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was didn't take you very long to sort of get your get your knots together and I'm sure your ties sorted. Lucky you went to scouts, definitely. Yeah. 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 Was it? So that's yeah. That was an interesting. That's yeah. a beautiful, beautiful art practice. But again, it's not for everybody, right? And. Well, you, okay. as you're saying, you enjoy the restraint. Yeah, but to a point, like there would mm. be a point where it became, and it's like that with intimate experiences too, and particularly when they nudge on trauma. So something can feel really good and mm. then it can feel really bad. And conversely, mm. you can be in a situation where you, that you don't, you're not actually, you don't want to be having it, but your body can betray you and it can become, you can actually have a, you know, response. A re-experience. Or, yeah. a, or a even even a pleasurable response. Yeah, so and then that can create shame in yeah. the body as well, right? Yeah. And shame around a story and yeah. all that sort of thing. Yeah, mm. and sex is such a big part of our lives. Our sexual selves are such a oh. big part of our lives. Yeah. 
Um, but it's a, a very intimate part of your life that permeates everything. It's how you show up on the planet. So but being a woman or, or, or a man, but in my case a woman, not connected to that for so long because I disassociated, that when you find yourself back there, it's, it's full noise. Mm. It's beautiful. I just... I was creative, I wanted to write, I wanted to perform, I just, I felt I was music, I was just on it, like it was like, wow, I felt this mm. real deep opening up of myself, which was so awesome, and I want to share the experiences that have got me there, some of the things that, that yeah, just, just a woman's journey with, nice. as a sexual being. Yeah, what, beautiful. What, do you know what you're going to call it yet? I've been playing with names. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, currently it sits, I'm not, I don't know whether this, this is where it'll land, but I comma object mm. which is um, beautiful system layers of many I, I object mm-hmm. yep. uh, but also I, I'm an object oh, um, beautiful and it's just the way in which it's that, that sentence is written mm. and perceived yeah. oh beautiful yeah. I love it um, use of grammar of course, wow, of course. commas are important <laughs> would um, you put a full stop at the end no because no that's not where the story ends because I'm not an object oh um, I like it yeah so no no full stop um, I think that, that, that that's how, how women often experience sex as being, and if you look at porn, and th- I, I'm writing a story at the moment about the first time I saw porn, yep. and it's from the male gaze. So women are, you know, um, and I, I'm, I'm not saying porn is necessarily bad, I'm just stating how I think it's um, how I set, how, you know, my, my observations are, it is from the male gaze, it's typically looking down at women, they're mm. always up for it, they'll do anything, mm. they never say no. Mm. And I had this curious sort of um, uh, experience of thinking when I saw that woman on the screen, like I was probably about seven or eight, wow. and it was a deep section. Like it was a it was a porn film, you know, and the woman's you know legs splayed, fucking going for it, three guys or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. And um, I remember wondering who this it was. That what happened to all women? Yeah. And and would that I would I have to do that? Mm. And. You know, did she have? She seems so dehumanised. I thought, I wonder if she's got a handbag, or does she wear pajamas? Does she Ooh. go to the bathroom? Wow. Does she go shopping? You know, because she didn't seem. She seems so, uh, uh, yeah dehumanised, dehumanized. objectified, yeah. an object, not a, yeah. not a person. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's the whole precedence of it. Mm. Mm. Let's dehumanise it so we can go straight to the the deeper reptilian mm. type responses in the brain uh and let's just overact it i mean at the end of the day nothing's real about it it's just Mm. overacting and and, yeah that yeah and it is you know certainly the porn of the day that i was stealing dad's 1970s porno mags (laughs) to what kids can access now for free is a is a vast difference it is it is it's it's very um, it's very uh, unreal. Unreal. Yes, yeah. exactly right. There's lots of unreality. It's very hardcore. Very hardcore. But it's often the se- in fact the story's called sex education because it often and even more so now because it's so accessible. It often is the it, that's what's educating people about sex. Well, yeah. that, that's, that's where you, I learned. That's what you see. It's where I learned. Mm-hmm. That's where I learned watching, watching porn. porn. Yep. Yeah, and and I think that's still happening. Like we're not you know talking yeah, but, about. But they're, they're learning from this next level. Mm. Well, mm. You know, un- totally unreal. Oh, fake absolutely! Porn. Like, yeah, it's yeah. It's not the 
the, yeah, there's the, no hair, there's no, mm. you know, there's well, and I think that's amazing. When, yeah, you, when you talk about sex education, right, mm. in schools, they're not actually educating you on something. What they're actually trying to do is scare you away from the act. Yeah. They're not actually teaching you about boundaries, about yeah. communication, yeah. about, like, pleasure and understanding mm. anatomy. And mm. if, imagine if they actually, I don't know, it's such an interesting thing to navigate because... There could be so many ways of looking at it. But yeah. if you actually knew what this sexual experience was and the power that it had, you'd have such a greater respect for it instead of just thinking it's about ejaculation. Or just such an objective act that yeah. it's just, you know, a procreation. And, and, and be afraid of that too from day one. So mm. here's a bunch of condoms and let's not learn how Don't to actually get take some breath or slow down or actually... You know, be a little more conscious. And We're not going to yeah. teach some children about tantra, Mike. Come on. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about, children? All roads lead to tantra. All roads lead to tantra. Yeah, which is as so some breath in there too. <laughs> totally, because you're right that we there's no connection there. That's not about connection. You know, this kind of sex we're talking about. And you're right. Actually, it's a really interesting concept that it's about scaring them. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, that you 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 have this weird thing that everybody does, but no one talks people. about. No one talks about. Everybody's here because of it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's one of the greatest experiences on the, of life. You know, it's, it's absolutely beautiful mm. um, when you can. And it sh- you shouldn't be ashamed. You shouldn't be. It's a, you know, deep energetic connection between people and, um, and, and connecting to that energy, um, your, your sexual power. And that can be a personal thing as well. Not you don't always need somebody else along. Mm. Is a is a is a powerful, creative, beautiful experience that we should all be, you know. Um, well, should, uh, well, and, well yeah. but when you look at that, and when you explain it that way, it makes sense that they don't want to teach us that. Yeah, because that's empowering. It, yeah. That's right. You have sexual yeah. control over the sexuality. You have control over the people. Mm-hmm. The, the the church knew that. Yeah, two thousand oh, years ago. Yeah, of course. They Definitely, did. yeah. So it's been yeah. demonised. They, 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 they kill the paganism. Let's, you know, yeah. They, yeah. all of their beautiful ritual acts and yeah. all the openness and community. Oh yeah, well, let's take that away. And let's, let's whack a whole bunch of taboo across yep. it and make all people feel that. bad and yeah. shame. Yeah, shame. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's been a really personal. I'm just by no means in, ending it. Thank God, I've got a way to go. Yay! Can't <laughs> wait to read it. Oh, no can't wait. You stop. So, Tara, um, listening, we got sent. Was it the first vignette, full vignette? Yes. Or was it just one page? I can't remember. Yeah, no, it was, uh, the, fir- it was the first one. So Ryan and I were very privileged to have read it. I don't yes. think anyone else actually got a copy, or maybe a couple of others, but however. No, it's a very small circle. Yes, and uh, we read it, and I was absolutely blown away. Absolutely it was so vivid and amazing, and uh, just the way that you articulated. Um, I won't say about the uh, the actual event because I will leave that for people to go read in the book. However, you just felt like you were right there. You were there. You could feel the breath on your neck and you could feel the room getting smaller. It was very well done. Thanks. I think, And it was, it was good to um, uh, put that down on paper, you know, and, and, and write about it. I'm really grateful that you received it like that. That was the – and it's, it's actually in a quite a hard clinical uh, voice of, or very raw, mm. very descriptive um, – because that's also intentional. Because I think that's important to, um, yeah. I guess not romantic. Like be 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 real, be raw. And that's also what memory's like. So mm. the whole thing is a kind of artistic expression of memory mm, sure. and looking back and reflection and you know putting it together to make a whole. Yeah. Well, what you, I mean, you're just you're just trying to put together 
the words of the feeling that still lives in your body. Mm. The memory isn't quite there. The feeling's actually recreating the memory because mm. it's such a... Mm. Uh, yeah, but me owning it, which I think is empowering as well. My, I'm, I'm saying it and how I want to... How I've perceived it. And that makes that sense-making for me and putting a journey together and, you know... Um, and, and understanding how those pieces fit together to mm. get to, to, to sort of where I'm at now, which feels so much more. I could I, I wouldn't even talk about sex before it felt like such a. You know, I was in this relationship for two decades, and and it just you know that wasn't a feature really, yeah. or it certainly didn't play a very strong part. Yeah, and that was mostly influenced by me because mm. I just wasn't. I didn't feel comfortable. Yeah, beautiful. Um, I can I can barely believe that now, but that's you know that's so that's how I lived, and so it's nice to be reconnected and to own that, um, put those pieces together and own where I'm at, and you know, and truly owning it, yeah, truly. like truly yeah. owning it, and like owning everything, and you're just like you're just you're 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 just on the journey of of really discovering who you are, mm. deconditioned, right? Yeah. And, and it's beautiful, it's it's expressive, it's yeah. creative, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. She's also a badass woman in the business world as well. <laughs> My God. Oh, yeah. And 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 in that process you just fuck up along the way and you yeah. learn and then you just go yeah. again and then you have some wins and then you don't and Yeah. I, I love watching it. It's nice to be able to tell because I used to think I was the only woman in my case, that felt like that. But mm. you know, so many women do. It's really nice to open up and have those conversations. And Beautiful. Men obviously have their stories too, which is super important. But I think just sharing those, um, yeah, the, the the a real honesty of some of the, the highlights of, of experiences sexually that have shaped some of my beliefs now that have, you know, as I say, I've been, I've been unravelling, mm. most particularly in the last couple of years, which has been huge. So that, that feels... Yeah, if I can, if one person reads it and goes, "Shit, yes, not just me," or something clicks, then that's that's really awesome. Beautiful, that's yeah. empowering. Thank you. It's, an, it's an, an embodiment, like you were talking about at the start. Yeah, fully. Yeah, another, another uh, flavor of it. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. So, if you could, if you could leave or create one message, one paragraph, one poem, one one mm-hmm. joke right now that that you would love to have other women, other men, anyone in between mm. here, what would, you, what, would you, what would you say? Wow. Um, that's a big question because there's, you know, there's, there's quite a few, um, but I'd probably choose the one that I've tattooed on my body because mm. um, it feels a bit rude not to, but also because you know, I, I feel strongly aligned to it. And that, so when I had, I had a, a suicide attempt when I was 15 and I um, – I, I I slipped my wrist, yep. um, so I've got four. I had forty one stitches down down one wrist, um, which was you know lo- looking back now a real a real cry for help. I, I sure. just was you know deep. Did you did you really want to kill yourself? I did at the time, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've, honestly, I. In fact, uh, in, always in my life that's been an option. Um, every house I've lived in, I've known what I've, I know where how I would do it. Yeah, rafters. Uh, particular car yep. where the hose would be it's always been a, a plan or I've always had enough sleeping pills yeah yep. only up until recently actually yeah, that, that yeah, probably yeah. the last five years yeah, that I haven't had that in my life um as a sort of safety net so yeah uh, that's that's definitely been an ongoing theme and um but you know when when I, I did in this particular um I mean this is the most serious attempt actually I haven't necessarily attempted but as I say thought about it and planned it mm. um 
You've done it enough times in your head. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, but this was, you know, getting my, my... What got you to the point of actually doing it? Um, actually, drugs at this stage. I okay. was living with a black power prospect selling tinnies, you know, marijuana, yep. um, and in a very, very dangerous situation with mm. lots of um, violence, anger, and, and, and I don't want to say evil, but I think, you know, people who are in very... Uh, yeah, a, a lot of really traumatised people yep. who were violent, um, and that was scary. And, uh, and, and you know, drugs were around, and and we had, um, you know, a lot of drugs, and it, I just got to the point where I think I developed, you know, I'm not sure a psychosis would be would be the right term, but certainly something that had me in a very, very unhealthy mental state of mm, mind. For sure. And and I seriously thought that, you know, ending it was would be the only... The best way out. Yep. Um, so sitting in this in this A and E hospital, my parents had decided not not to come. They were really cross with me and um, hurt, and and so didn't come. So the doctor was stitching my um, wrist up, and obviously I think he, you know he felt quite sorry about it mm-hmm. for sure. And he was a an, an Asian doctor, and he sort of kept nodding his head, and it was these b- bright blue um, stitches as well. Not sure why blue, but anyway, they were. Um, really vivid scene I can re- recall now actually and he yeah kept sort of nodding and tutting and um, sighing and uh, and then sort of towards the end he looked up at me and said I'm I'm just going to tell you one thing that I hope you remember and it, it's actually the key to life um, it, it, but it's simple so it's, you know it's simple so you should remember it it's got it's ten words and it's so simple it rhymes and there's no more than two letters in each word. So you should be able to remember this. <laughs> okay. Um, and and he said, if it is to be, it is up to me. Mm. Which I thought was a beautiful, you know. <laughs> I'm um, going to fucking cry. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I thought at the time, uh, what the hell's this weirdo on about, you know. Um, and But it stuck. With, it did. He was right. It stuck. I mean, it mm. was. It rhymed. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. And so I got that tattooed on my other wrist. It was my mm, first tattoo. Beautiful. Um, because so if that back to Mike's original question, um, what would be the phrase or what would be the poem or what would be the quote or what would it that it would be that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Say it one more time for us. If it is to be, it is up to me. It is to and, be, it's up to me. And mm. what's your what's your created meaning for that now? Mm. That you've always got a choice. Mm. Um, you, of course, I, do, I believe in a higher power. I believe in the universal energy. I believe in, you know, source and love and light. Of course I do. Um, but I, you know, we are expressing ourselves in this human form with our minds, with our ego, with free will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you you make your own story, like we were talking about before, with, yeah. you know, trauma healing. That's yeah. a choice. Yeah. That's 100%. a – it's – I – and goes, I think that's goes back to the story in Auschwitz as well, right? Yeah, it all came yeah. down to his choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's a, it's just it's the same thing. Mm. All these things have got the same lesson, the same, but just expressed in different, in different ways. ways. And I thought that was a really lovely. What a uh, what an angel, that <laughs> doctor. <laughs> you know, yeah, like what? Totally. Yeah, like what yeah. an absolute angel. Yeah, like yeah, the amount of people that have gone through his his trauma mm. ER yeah. just that night alone. Yeah. And in that moment, those yeah. words are what came out of his mouth and landed for you. And, and from there, you didn't try again. 
Yeah, no, I just didn't. And, and he saw something in me. He, it, it, was, sure. it was human empathy. Beautiful. Yeah. It was empathy. He had, mm. yeah, it could have been more different from me, you know, with different genders, different ages, different nationalities, you know, but he still, he saw sadness. He mm. saw, and he, and he cared, and I thought that was beautiful. It's to say angels, I think, you know, he's one of them. You look back and reflect on your life about the people that have come into your life, and these beautiful signposts. Sometimes people you never see again, but they just... If someone might give you a book. Yeah. Yep. You know. You just drop drop off the the lesson, the message. Yeah. The, and then yeah. you're on their merry way. Do you think you guys are that for other people? You know, do you, can you think of, because I try and be that. I think if I'm a signpost for someone. Yeah. If I'm that Chinese, beautiful Chinese soul, that uh, that doctor who then, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. The cool thing. No, I, I, for me personally, no, no, because there's still resistance mm. within me of, of, I suppose, fully showing up or uh, like having to, to verbalise and, and uh, verbalise the journey I'm on or even like mm. honouring where I'm at. I know where I'm at, but yeah, like seeing that as the mission, mm-hmm. it mm. isn't the mission, but it just happens anyway. Yeah. 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 Oh like, yeah, I, you for sure you're a signpost, whether you like it or not, because mm. you're such a beautiful soul, and the way you live your life is so beautiful and empathetic, and warm and 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 heart centered, and all those things that mm. you, you for sure you've you've someone seen you and you you know without you even probably know it consciously no it might not be with a phrase or with a but showing up for people in a kind empathetic human way mm. Mm. can touch can change people's lives yeah yeah. You know, looking at homeless people when you walk down, yeah, just looking them in the eye. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is is probably you know, I mean, well, it's not a bad thing. I mean, how can you, how can how can that be bad? But I think if it can also be quite life changing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can just be the mo, the the, the small words or conversations you have with people in the moment when you're just truly present with them, yeah. even if you've only ever just met them. Yeah. And it may just be a passing comment, yeah. a smile in the street, yeah. saying one sentence and moving on with your day that that really can have an impact on someone's life. Absolutely. Mm. Well, I, I know, I, just reflecting on what you're talking then, I know it's happened to me, For sure. but it's not the actual person or the event that I remember, it's the way they made me feel. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you do. That's why it's in the body. I feel seen. There's a trust. Yeah. Someone smiled at me. They looked me in the eye, or they might have shook, shaken my hand, or they gave me a hug rather than shake my hand. Something. Yeah. It's not the people. It's the feeling. I think it, it, I'll carry on from Ryan's answer a little bit and what you asked. Do you guys feel like that you are for people? And I'm sure there would be mm. because mm. the way that I and Ryan as well work. It's how how much how how safe can we make people feel? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How can we empower them to be their best self? Yeah, that's Absolutely. the mission for us. Oh, definitely. you're my signpost. You've been you've these beautiful souls have shown up in my life, and so we had this deep deep experience the other day of rebirth breath work. You showed up. It's, oh, we, yes. And you, but you guys held that space, mm. and there's been numerous times we've had some real deep experiences together, yep. and that's exactly what what you do, which is, is just it's magic, it's special, it's beautiful, and it's authentic. That's what tribe yeah. and communitas is all about, baby. That's what it's yeah. all about. We yeah. bring them in together. We rise. Oh yeah, yeah. everybody rises mm. as the tide rises. Yeah, so do we. Yes. Everyone. 
Beautiful. Very, very special. So thank you. Thank you too. Well, dear sister, just want to honour you and thank you so much for showing up today, tonight, with your beautiful words, your beautiful openness, Mm -hmm. the amount of other, not only women, but men that will be able to hear what Mm -hmm. you had to say tonight and in such an authentic way. Hmm. Um, you want to talk about being a signpost? There's, there's, there's some signposts right there in all your language tonight, so thank you so much. Thank you, it was you, a real honour to have you on as our first guest. Oh, yes. What a start of guest. strong. Yeah, and likewise, thank you guys for holding the space to make me feel truly seen, loved, um, valued, and, and held. You know, which is just, is just beautiful. So mm. thank you. I love you guys. You're we amazing. We love, love you too. We love you oh, too. I'm going to cry. Oh, yeah, I'm me too. Out <laughs> 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 oh, and on that note, we love... These guys still really got me, but there's people going to get me. No. All right, beautiful, beautiful people. Well, this sounds like a beautiful place to wrap it up. So yeah. thank you, Hannah, for being here for this conversation. Um, Hannah, where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you? Yeah, I've actually got a website to do coaching um, breathwork, actually, which mm. we didn't get into. Might be time for an encore sometime. We'll have you back. Um, cool. And, uh, yes, I've got my website is um, uh, hannahbryan.co.nz. That's Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. Or you can find me at Hannah Bryan on Facebook. Beautiful. And Hannah Bryan Coach NZ on Insta. Beautiful. We'll have that all in the show notes so you can connect with the lovely Hannah. And yeah, she always she always loves a good chat. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't be shouting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you and hear you next week for more Journey with Michael and Ryan. Love y'all. Love y'all.